0: Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball
1: is out of here.
0: The Billikens.
1: Jumper. Yes! Billikens win!
0: The Chiefs.
1: Touchdown,
0: Kansas City! We are America's
1: Sports Voice. KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. Just one baseball playoff game tonight. Yankees and Astros. Houston leads the series 1-0. Uh, Yesterday, the Phillies and Padres, that series gets even 1-1 when the uh, Padres were able to pick up an 8-5 victory. Very happy to uh, bring into the program right now Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter. You can get uh, all the details you want on that uh, by following him on Twitter at Joe underscore S-H-E-E-H-A-N. Joe, thanks so much uh, for your time. How are you?
0: Good, Matt. Just uh, waiting for tonight's game to get started.
1: Yeah, so uh you've got you were in St. Louis uh towards the end of the season. You've got a great uh picture of Busch Stadium as your uh Twitter uh profile uh, band, uh header. That's uh that's quite the view.
0: It really was. I was actually I uh met a couple of people before the game and I just gotten to my seat when I saw that it was like 6:30 or so local time and just phenomenal shot I was able to get. Really enjoyed. It was a very quick trip into St. Louis, my first ever, but I just I love going to the to the games and uh, had a pretty good meal out with the can I say Bernie Nicholas on your air? Yeah, you can Is that, do that. You're gonna sure. get me in trouble. No, that's yeah, fine. Bernie's a friend, and uh, it was a very quick trip, but man, it was a fantastic
1: one. Bernie's a former Camel Xer, still writes with us, scoops with Danny Mac. So uh, yeah, you can you can say his name all you want. Bernie Nicholas. Uh, Bernie Nicholas. No, I just. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've I've asked this question to about nine million people over the last two weeks. So I'm going to ask you as well. What do you make of just? Uh, it, The baseball playoffs are always random, but my goodness, does it seem even more so, especially on the National League side of things this year?
0: Well, I think what people are reacting to are, I mean, yeah, we get these results every year, right? The lower-seeded team beats the higher-seeded team. It's been going on since 1906. The gaps this year, I think, really is what people are reacting to. You had a situation where the Braves finished 14 games ahead of the Phillies, and the Phillies won three out of four, and the regular season just didn't really matter. You go to the National League West, and – yeah, the Dodgers finished 22 games ahead of the Padres. The Padres won three out of four, and that didn't matter either. So when you ex- continue to expand the playoffs, you let lower, you, you let less accomplished teams in. There's that's the only thing we know will happen. We don't know if it'll create pen races or it won't. We don't know if it'll create interest, but we know we lower the lower the bar for entry. So you had this extreme case this year where two teams that Phyllis finished well out of the race behind the two best teams in the league pick them off. I think that's what we're reacting to. And it's just, it's an extreme example, but it's also been part of the system for a long time.
1: It's a tiny sample size. Just looking at this year, it does happen, but it just the extreme nature this year in the, in the national league side of things. Is it good for baseball in the sense that upsets are, are kind of fun, or is it bad for baseball in the sense that a great team like the Dodgers doesn't, doesn't advance.
0: It's a mixed bag. I mean, and baseball's made this choice going back to 1994 uh when it first said hey we're going to expand the playoffs to eight teams baseball made the decision that they are more concerned with getting more playoff series more fodder for television get that television revenue and if there's a cost to the quality of the playoffs the quality of teams that advance in the playoffs they're willing to pay that cost um and of course yes every few years we'll have a truly great team get picked off but mlb has decided that they're fine with it i you know, I'm somebody who would like to see the regular season success better rewarded, especially because fans tend to react so strongly to these playoff series. You've got Dodger fans just absolutely losing their minds. The best team in baseball, but they lost three out of four at a bad time. I, I think there's a division between people who kind of recognize that the, the postseason for what it is, it's a fun tournament, versus the people who kind of have this idea that, well, you know, you should rise up and play your best in the clutch, and that's just not the way baseball is. You know, in in the NFL, in the NBA, the better team tends to win, you know, individual games or short series. Whereas in baseball, it's just not that way. the 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 difference between the Dodgers and the Padres over one hundred and sixty two games is a lot. The difference between the Dodgers and the Padres over five games is basically
1: nothing. All right. So my thought on this, and I'm going to ask you to tell me why I'm wrong. My thought on this is. The easiest way to fix this if it's a problem, if it does need to be fixed, is extend series out and do that by getting rid of off days where maybe in seven-game series you only have one off day five-game series, you don't have any off days. The schedule more uh, reflects what it looks like in the in the regular season. So teams that are successful in the regular season have a better chance of being successful in the postseason. You do all that, you can maybe change one five-game series into a seven-game series and kind of go from there. I, am I right or am I wrong on that idea?
0: In terms of determining – in terms of getting the better team an advantage or making it more likely that the better team will win – There's just functionally no difference between a best of one, a best of three, a best of five, a best of seven. Like on the margins, you're just not increasing the chance the better team will win. I do like the idea of eliminating off days, but as a practical matter, it's hard to do. The way it sets up this year, MLB kind of caught a break. Like the Phillies and Padres are going to have to fly cross-country and play on consecutive days, but they'll be able to play a day game in Philly and then fly west. There's not a situation this year where teams have to play like an evening game on the West Coast and then an even game on the East Coast. But if you play without travel days, that increases the chance that that will happen. You also have no flexibility in the schedule for weather delays. Um, now again, we're, we're in San Diego, we're in Houston, that's a dome, but eventually if you have no travel days, you're gonna get hosed by a rain out or two. So there's some risk when you don't build in any uh, flex. And the reason they did it this year isn't to make the competition better, They did it because they're trying to make up the days they Mm -hmm. lost at the start of the season to the lockout.
1: Joe Sheehan from the uh, Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter continuing to join us. The sports open line on KMOX. Cardinals fans still reeling about the the two-game uh, sweep by the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies, even with the Padres, they're playing some good baseball. Obviously, they've got some big bats in the middle of the order. Uh, they've got a couple of top-of-the-order uh, pitchers and uh, and Wheeler who, who have done a nice job. How much are you buying this Phillies team continuing their playoff run and maybe winning this series against the Padres?
0: You know, any team that's good enough to get into the tournament is good enough to win the tournament. I mean, we go back to 2014 when the World Series was contested between two wildcard teams. The, the, The Miami Marlins have two championships, and they never won a division title. So, yeah, if you're good enough to get into the tournament, you're good enough to win. There's nothing stopping the Phillies from beating the Padres. Now, I picked the Padres in six, but that wasn't with a whole lot of conviction. I think the most likely scenario is we get a long series here, and it's a very closely fought thing. Uh, very similar teams in my eyes. Uh, two, yeah, you know, the, the, they had the strong guys at the front of the rotation: Nola and Wheeler for the Phillies, Musgrove, Snell, and Darvish for the Padres. Um, not uh, not great offenses, but just good enough. Falling off a little bit at the end. The Phillies. The big difference is going to be the Phillies' defense is not very good and the Padres have all those arms at the back end of the bullpen, and Robert Suarez, and Luis Garcia, and Josh Hader. So again, two closely matched teams, but could the Phillies, you know, pick this off in 6 or 7 and go on to take, you know, win five out of uh should be four out of seven from the Astros? Yes, it's not likely, but again, it's not like in the NBA if the 6 seed won the NBA championship Leaving you know, strike shortens, seasons, lockout seasons aside, in a, re- in a real season, if the six seed won the NBA championship, it would be the craziest thing in the world. If a six seed does it in baseball, it just isn't that big. It just isn't that unexpected.
1: I'm always I'm always sensitive to the fact that like when, when I'm talking about things like this, I sound like I'm almost poo-pooing the sport of baseball. And I love baseball. I love the baseball playoffs. Like, that's not what I'm trying to come across. So when we we kind of reverse it out, we can look at some of these really cool stories. And another one with a St. Louis connection is Harrison Bader, who... Uh, when he did play this year, did not have a whole lot of offensive success, didn't have a whole lot of pop off the bat. Obviously, it was part of that trade, didn't play a lot, was injured, and now he's having just a profound impact on, on the Yankees, uh, specifically to Bader, but also from a bigger picture. How much just do you enjoy those type of stories that we do see in the playoffs every year?
0: That's oh, fantastic. I mean, you, you've got a situation where uh, a player who you know, would be eliminated by now, and that trade, there was a lot of grief about that trade here in New York people were very angry Trading Montgomery who'd been pitching very well for the team for a couple of years. Um, it was a, but there was a section, the Yankees didn't have enough starting pitching Bader, of course, wasn't going to be able to play for six or seven weeks with the, with the injury. So there was a lot of frustration here. And of course, now that Bader hits a home run every day, everybody, everybody who, <laughs> you know, d- didn't like that trade in July is now saying, Oh no, I always loved Harrison Bader. Personally, I have always loved Harrison Bader. Um, plus defensive center fielders are one of my favorite categories of player. And while he's never been a great hitter, I think he's in a better one typically than his perceived big platoon splits and big home, home road splits as well. I think he's going to be an incredibly popular player here in New York next year, you know, He's popular now because of the playoff performance, but I think given a full season to watch him, he's going to be one of, the, one of the city's favorite players.
1: A lot of Cardinals fans are kind of rooting for the Yankees because of him and because of Matt Carpenter. I know Carpenter has not been performing in the postseason the way he was uh, when he first got to the team, but from a Yankees perspective, that was obviously another very good story this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the Rangers actually cut him. The Rangers had him in camp and sent him to the minors and decided in May, yeah, you know, we don't need the guy who's going to slug 700 the rest of the year. And, you know, credit Carpenter for all the changes he made, kind of modernizing his approach and his swing, to turn him into this power hitter, and, of course, landing in a ballpark that really rewards that type of hitting. Uh, Really the shame, the broken foot in the midseason. The Yankees had this incredible split with him in the lineup, and now when he starts, they score almost seven runs a game. And when he doesn't start, they score about four and a half, which, of course, is still pretty good. But you saw them miss him terribly in the second half of the season. Aaron Judge was the only guy who hit for that team in the last couple of months. So Carpenter back in this lineup, you know, lengthens a lineup that really is pretty thin and is an important guy for these playoffs. He doesn't look himself right now, whether that's the injury, whether that's the rust, it's hard to say. But if he can get things going, it's an essential piece of the Yankees beating the Astros.
1: Joe, give a plug for your newsletter and how uh, folks can uh, subscribe. Uh, obviously, great content uh, coming out uh, all the time from you.
0: Yeah, com is the place to get the information. There's actually a free piece up there today. I proposed a crazy idea of turning the baseball playoffs into single elimination last winter. I posted that today. But you've got playoff previews, excerpts from all my stuff. It is a subscription-based newsletter. It's been running now for about 13 years, so I've been doing this for a while. I love writing about the game. Um, and I just, I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. So Joe is where you can get up more information.
1: Is there a daily baseball newsletter that has been consistently running longer than your, like Craig Calcaterra has one, but I think he started his after he left NBC. Like, I'm just trying to think about all the baseball newsletters. I don't know if one you've, you, you've, you've probably got the longest tenured one, right?
0: I, yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm not daily, I'm you know, five times a week, whenever I write, but, um, I, yeah, Craig's been doing his, Craig actually is literally a daily one Monday to Friday. You go back to the 2000s, you had Will Carroll doing his Under the Knife newsletter. So there have been other ones out there. But I think if you – yeah, probably the longest-running one out there because nobody else would be crazy enough to take on a job like that. (laughs)
1: All right, Joe, thanks so much for your time. Hopefully we can catch up again uh, in the future.
0: Thanks, Matt. Take care.
1: All right, very good. There's a Joe Sheehan of the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter joining us, and we appreciate his uh, time with us. All right, we're going back-to-back interviews uh, all about baseball here in this first hour of the show. Uh, Jay Jaffe covers baseball for uh, fan graphs. Great information. from him. He created a statistic. I like talking to people who create statistics. We'll talk with uh, Jay Jaffe. He joins us next. Sports Open Line here on KMOX.